0: Welcome to Adventures in ESL Podcast, a podcast for K-12 ESL teachers who want to learn strategies and tips for planning for their English language learners. I am Millie and I will be your host on this ESL adventure. Hello, ESL teachers. I am Millie and I'm your host and once again i want to thank you for joining me today in the light of everything that's going on i just want to share a win which is a win for all esl teachers i always say a win can be a big win or a small win it doesn't matter it's a win and i want to celebrate your wins a lot of us are experiencing school closures due to the coronavirus a lot of us, uh, a lot of our students, unfortunately, don't have access to the internet or technology. And so this has been a rough time for a lot of us. I know this past week with my ELLs, they were nervous. They were, even in a middle school kind of way, they were just like, "Miss Williams, what, what's gonna happen here? What's next? And a lot of the time, a lot of times, I was just telling them, you know it's going to be okay and that to stay positive to stay up on their studies and i'm going to do everything as a teacher i can to advocate for them and i want to say that this week wins comes to, from all of you who are being affected by this and you are doing everything that you can to be flexible and advocate for your students. So thank you all for that. Like I said, I know that this is a difficult time for everyone and what you are doing is amazing. I see so many teachers asking for resources, asking what can I do for my students? And a lot of teachers have shared great resources. I know on Friday I was at school and my principal came on and said that you know we are going to have an extended <laughs> spring break. And so, you know he let us know that they're what they're trying to do about school lunches, which is great because uh, what they're gonna do is set up sites here in our district for school lunches. So that's gonna be really helpful to some of the families who cannot or or who are struggling with providing food for their students during the day. I end up deciding how I'm gonna reach out to my students. I'm gonna we're, all, we're it's spring break for us, and then they're gonna have an extended spring spring break. So uh, due to the outbreak, so one thing that I'm going to do is that at first, initially, I was trying to practice on Friday, getting them logged in. I set up a Padlet and a Padlet is where you can go and it's a simple website where you can just drop all your links. So I gave them access to my Padlet and on the Padlet, I am going to post a live video um, where I am teaching a lesson for the time that we're out. So um, we are in the midst of taking um, the WIDA. So I'm gonna have some practice assessments on there. Uh, honestly, I'm even thinking about going to the print shop and possibly mailing them like little packets to where they can practice over the break. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be going live. I'm gonna stream it to YouTube because I feel like for 95% of them have access to a cell phone. So where they can stream on YouTube and surprisingly, I know, um, some of the kids don't even have access to a cell phone. So that's gonna be a struggle, but for those kids, I'm just saying about giving them a packet of work. I just wish from the bottom of my heart that all of the students have access to the internet and I wish that they all had access to technology. And so um, from this unfortunate event, I really hope, and I know I'm gonna start advocating that my students have access to a laptop, some kind of tablet, something. Um, And this is a sad, sad thing, but it just really shows how broken it is when it comes to students in poverty and how they don't have access to some of these things, like people consider a luxury. But like my husband said, it's not a luxury, it's really a utility. They need the internet, (laughs) they need a computer. So these are the things that I'm going to be working on when I get back to school. And so if you have anything that you're doing for your ELLs when it comes to e-learning, please drop those in the comments. I know that I am going to be dropping um, some of the links that I found. I know BrainPop has uh, free access for 60 days. I keep hearing Reading A to Z has access. Um, I'm also heard what Zoom, which is a meeting tool where you can stream live video, has access as well. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and dive into what we're going to be doing today. And that is we're going to be talking about how you can teach multiple grade levels and how that can save time on your planning period. Now, if you're teaching different grade levels and you're wondering, How in the world can I save time planning? I know when I was teaching various grade levels in a classroom, I was personally feeling overwhelmed. I was confused. And I always left the day wondering, saying to myself, Millicent, is there an easier way that this can be done? It's got to be an easier way that this can be done. And I have always been the type of person, you know. my mentor, she would give me suggestions and I would be like, okay, maybe I'll try that, I'll see, you know, but then I started really trying some of the things that she suggested to me and they work. I know that even when you're teaching multiple grade levels, you can feel like you're wandering, uh, you know, running in circles and wondering what can you do at the end of the day to meet all the needs of your students? Because sometimes when you're teaching multiple grade levels, I know when I was, I felt like I just wasn't meeting the needs of all of my students. And I just was always just left wondering, What can I do to make sure that I'm meeting their needs and that I am pushing them to the next level? And I think that we have all been there at some point in our teaching career when it comes to teaching multiple grade levels. I feel like a lot of us do. And if you haven't gotten there yet, just keep listening, okay, because you still wanna be prepared when it's that year when you have to teach three different grade levels or four different grade levels. Now, a few years ago, I met a group of students and thinking back on it, these students change my life, you know. And this sounds exciting and refreshing for me to say at the moment, but at that time I had three different grade levels in one classroom. Now during this time we had an influx of Syrian refugees come into our area. So I had a mixture of students. Um, I also had a lot of um, um, immigrant students from Central America as well. So I had this mixture of students. The mixture of students I had, of course, they were all three different grade levels in one classroom. I had students who were, were unfortunately from war-torn countries who hadn't been to school in years. On the flip side of that, um, I also had an influx of Venezuelan students, and you know they had a very strong, you know, literacy background. So they were really strong. And so having that mixture of students. I was always wondering like, okay, I have three different subsets. On top of that, I have three different grades. What can I do? What can I do to be successful? What can I do to make sure my students are successful? And I, like I said, I was overwhelmed. There were some days I was trying things. I remember one day I tried an activity and I just broke down in tears after with my team because I was like, I don't feel like I'm being effective. Like, you know, what am I doing? I'm trying groups. I'm trying, you know, different types of planning strategies where I have, I'm planning for tiered levels and none of it was working. And I just finally just, it all just came gushing out and me crying. And I finally took a moment to recollect and I realized that I was spending so much time one, trying to prepare separate lessons for each grade and for each level. I mean, there were days, like I mentioned to you, I was spending up to like two to three hours after school trying to prepare for my classes with different grade levels, with different, um, you know, readiness readiness levels. And like I said, I was at a breaking point and I just didn't know how much longer I could keep staying after school. I didn't know how much longer that I could keep you know, um, going into my personal life because I was just newly married. And so I was just like, what can I do? There, there has to be something. And I was also just missing out on so much of my own self-care and time with my family and my friends. And my husband was like, you know, you're staying home. You're staying at work to like five or six o'clock. I mean, you know, is there something that you can do? And that's when I needed to take a moment, step away and reflect on, okay, Is there a better way that I can plan? Now, after taking a step back, it caused me to refresh my mindset. And I just wanna pause right here. I have a free mini course that you can take. It is uh, myadventuresinesl.com forward forward slash uh, reflect, refresh. It is a course that you can take And it will refresh your mindset, refresh your classroom uh, strategies. And in this mini course, this free mini course, these are the exact same things that I used when I was reflecting during this time period that worked for me. And I'm willing to share those those with you. So I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. I will make sure to link that in the blog post so you will have access to that. But after taking this step back, it caused me to refresh my mindset. I stopped and asked myself a few simple Questions. My first question that I asked myself was how can I streamline my planning? I mean, that is when I realized that the standards for grades six through eighth grade are almost identical. You know, I didn't realize that at first. They're almost identical. I think in the eighth grade they have slightly different standards, but they're pretty much the same thing. And then that's when I start to brainstorm. What does this mean for my students? I mean, I was still at this speed bump and I was motivated to get over it. That's when I took my discovery to my mentor and uh, about the standards. And I explained my frustration and I shared my discovery that, you know, the standards being almost the same in three grades. And that is when she asked me about teaching the students the same skill across the grade levels if the standards are the same. So she was like, you know, why are you trying to teach different standards for different grade levels? If the standard is the exact same, you can teach the same skill across the grade level. And that's when I had that light bulb moment that I needed to get over this speed bump that I was having, that trying to do 15 different lessons. Now, I wanna note here that I still had to differentiate but it's a lot easier to differentiate when you have one standard, one skill that you're teaching. Then I can break it out into different groups, different um, different small group instructions if I need to. So the first thing that I wanna suggest to you is that look at your varied grade levels in your classroom. And then look at your state standards, your common core standards for that grade level. And then after you do that, then go ahead and start identifying the skills that are the same. and what. I I mean by that is that producing complete sentences is a skill. So based on the common score standards that is taught in grades three through 12, that skill overlaps with various grade levels. And that is one that I can teach my students. Another one is, is that it progresses though, like in middle school, but in middle school, it's the same. And one of those that we were really heavy on this year was, um, main idea identifying um the main idea of a text and that is the same skill six seven and eighth grade and i know ninth through twelfth grade has something very similar as well now once you identify a skill then at that point you can start to differentiate for your students So if I know that the skill that I'm teaching for my sixth, seventh and eighth grade students is identifying main idea, I may have students who are who can identify with ease and those students, I know that I need to have some enrichment lessons for. I know I have some students who may be approaching that standard. And so I need to have some kind of strategies for them. And then I may have students who are just unfortunately or just struggling, right? They have no clue how to do that. And then I know I need to differentiate for those. And so I have these three different groups. And then once I have that same skill that I'm gonna teach, with these multiple grade levels in the class, I can break those three groups out. And then in those three groups, I may have six, seven and eighth graders, or you may be teaching, you know, three through fifth grade, third through fifth grade, and you may have third, fourth and fifth graders in one group. So definitely, definitely identify, break out that common core standard chart a lot of states have what they call a common core or a, a standards progression chart. That's what I use. And that's what I tell my students in my uh, um, um, the ESL teacher master plan program that I coach, is that to look at the skills progression chart for your students or for your state. And then identify those standards and those skills that are overlapping from the grade level. And once you identify those skills, once again, then you can teach that skill across grade level and then just differentiate. The second thing that I'm going to suggest that after you do that legwork, then choose multiple or choose, not choose multiple, but choose text that will interest your multiple grade levels. Now you can then use those texts to teach those key reading skills that are in those common core standards or those key writing skills that are in those common core standards that is going to benefit your English language learners. So if you are teaching third, fourth and fifth grade, for example, then choose a text. If it's going to be about insects, for example, I mean third graders love insects, fourth graders love insects, fifth graders love insects. So that is one simple text that you can use. Now, of course the text won't be simple. You want something rigorous, but you're just, you making it simple by choosing a text that that appeals to multiple grade levels. So if I'm personally, if I'm teaching third, fourth, or fifth grade, I don't know if I'm going to pick a Dr. Seuss book, you know? So just be mindful about that. So pick a text that is going to interest those multiple grade levels. In my case, an example that um, I've been doing is is that I have been using informational text from Scholastic um, that has been really, really helpful for my students. So definitely do that. Now, you want to make sure that when you're teaching a skill to your class, use those tiered groups to differentiate and enrich the learning of your ELLs. Now you can have groups with different tags. And I want to encourage you to use data from your formative assessments to form your groups for your ELLs. So if you are deciding that you are teaching, you know, main idea and supporting your main idea with evidence, you may want to give some type of formative assessment check before breaking those students off into groups. That lets you know as the educator where the students need to go and how you need to group them. And, and you may be surprised a lot of times, a good example um, for me is that citing evidence, that is a big standard in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And I going into the standard thought that, okay, my students are gonna need a lot of help with this because the students last year, that taught needed a lot of help. But this year they blew it out the water. You know, we would, we did a, a a paragraph, I asked questions where they had to cite evidence and they were just rattling them off. I mean, like 95% of them can, can just cite evidence. Then the standard says they need to analyze the evidence so they can cite it. But when it was time for them to analyze it, I'm like, okay, let's analyze this. Do you need to tell me what this means? And during my form of assessment of uh, me walking around the room and giving them exit tickets and you know, looking at their homework I noticed that was where they were stuck. And so they, based on the data, I knew they can cite the evidence, but I knew that my focus needed to be on helping them analyze the evidence. What can I do to help them analyze the evidence? And so that caused me, that skill that I learned from the standards from these multiple grade levels that I'm teaching, I knew that, okay, that I need to break them out based on this data and we need to target how we're gonna analyze the evidence. Now, Here are your next steps. Now, during this time that some of us are off work, I do want you to plan and get ahead as much as you can. So now it's time for you to plan for your multiple grade levels. I want you to first, like I said, I suggested for my students in the ESL Teacher Master Plan, take a look at your grade progression chart, and then identify those skills that overlap with those grades. And once you identify those skills, put them on a planning chart. Say for this week, I'm gonna teach this skill. For the second week, I'm gonna teach this skill and identify those skills. And you know, after you do that, then create some formative assessments that you can use with your ELLs after that. Now, I would love to know some of your strategies that you use for teaching different grade levels and other ELL educators want to know some of your strategies. So drop those in the comments or you can always email me at Millie at myadventuresinesl.com. Once again, I am ecstatic to be here with you today. If you have any questions, drop those in the comments. I will see you all next week at 915. Bye. Thank you for joining me this week on Adventures in ESL. Make sure to visit my website, MyAdventuresInESL.com for some freebies and special gifts. You can also subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I appreciate it if you provide a rating on iTunes so more ESL teachers can learn strategies and tips. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember to stay positive, and always have high expectations for your English language learners. See you soon.